At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. We are live. We're going to let the stream breathe just for a couple more seconds. Make sure all five channels are good. Looks like we got the green check next to each one. So welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, returned off a little mini vacation. And with me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I hope you enjoyed your weekend, my friend. I certainly did. And I'm really looking forward to talking tonight, bro, because there has been an insane amount. We went like two and a half, three weeks with nothing, just crickets in, in Bronco land to borrow from John Elway's vernacular. And then all of a sudden, a flood of storylines from Thursday on. And although a couple of the other podcasts have, have touched on things, and I know you and Lance on Thursday night touched on things, I'm looking forward to diving into this stuff with you. Yeah, I, I am as well, Chad. I hope you had a good little uh, vacation there, a little brief you know, getaway to the mountains, and I hope oh, you yeah, enjoyed oh, your yeah. stuff. And, uh, you know, it was fun being with Lance. I only called him Chad once, so I feel like it was a successful podcast. It was fun, but I'm glad to be back in the saddle with you. And uh, and like you said, Broncos legitimate news, statements, quotes we can dissect. This is what we live for right now in these weird times with no practices. It's kind of like being a parent. And even if you're not a parent and you were one of many siblings growing up, you can remember, you know, your, your mom either go- – meaning to call you by name, but she calls out one of the other kids and then another kid and then finally yeah. arrives at what your name actually is. That's just how it is, man. When you're used to Zach this or Chad that, that's just what kind of rolls off the tongue sometimes and you have to correct yeah. yourself when you're, when you're, it's not so much rolling on uh, autopilot, but that's just what you're used to saying. So, hey man, I think you can be forgiven for that. But that was a, that was a, I was listening to that in the car while you guys were live and it was great. So good job on that. I want to just quickly welcome in everybody who's been hanging in the room. We got Zeus McPeak is in the hizzy. We got uh, Miss Christie is in the house. Big E, Terry's in the house. KP, Kevin uh, Peterson. It's good to see all you guys. I've missed you. So welcome into the room. David's in the house, Kilgore. We got some MHH, Mount Rushmore folk in the house. Brian, Matthew, Ernie. Good to see all you guys. Let us know. yeah, let us know if you uh, had yourselves a good weekend. We're looking forward to talking to to you guys here tonight. And in this, we'll be going in through the chat stream 
throughout this entire podcast. So whatever's on your mind, get them in there, uh, and we will get to you here in just a minute. First, though, guys, just a couple of quick matters of business. You know the drill here on the Huddle Up podcast. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter. We're really close on Twitter to crossing 2,000 followers. That's a nice little milestone to celebrate. We're almost there. We're, I don't know, 30, 40 followers away. So if you are on Twitter and you're not following us on uh, at, at Huddle Up Pod, make sure you remedy that. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time and help us get over that 2K hump. And also while you're at it, you want to make sure you're following at Mile High Huddle as well for breaking Broncos news and analysis. If you're in a position, gang, gentle reminder to check out huddleuppod.com. We are planning here in the next couple of days to unveil some new items, uh, some new pieces of swag there on huddleuppod.com. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, you can still get one of these football priest hats. You can get a Mile High Huddle hoodie. You can get a Huddle Up Podcast mug. That We got the face mask still sure. going. The, the shirt, all kinds of stuff for men, for, for women, little something for everybody. So if you're in a position, check that out. And if you're not, guys, it's okay. We understand. It's all good. Three simple things you can do to support the cause, as you can see here on the screen. Subscribe, especially if you're on YouTube. Like and share this video if you really love what we're doing. Those three simple, easy things are organic ways that you can go above and beyond to support this show. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right. Zach, I want to open up with something that was viral over the weekend at milehighhuddle.com, and that is a remark that brand new – let's see, I'm going to butcher his name. Here we go. Fourth-round rookie tight end. I'm going to have to look at it or else I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it. Hold on. Albert Okwebunum. There we go. 
Booyah. Okay, Boonum. Anyway, he achievement uh, unlocked. <laughs> he had a little sit down with Mike Kliss, and there was one interesting remark. There was a few interesting remarks actually that came out of that. The first of which, Zach, I want to get your take on. He was surprised, was Albert O, that the Broncos drafted him. Here's what he said, quote, I was a little bit surprised because I ended up with Drew. That was, his, of course, his college quarterback. It was a 1-32 in 32 chance of that happening. A little surprised there. And then the next thing he said, Zach, is, quote, there's already, and talking about another reason why he was surprised the Broncos drafted him, a lot of these players, people don't realize, they do their research. You know, they're looking at rosters. They can kind of sense which teams are into them and which teams aren't. And they kind of go through their own little process of elimination to kind of figure out who might actually be in the market for a tight end, yada, yada. If you were looking at the Broncos' depth chart, Zach, on the night before the draft, you're not really thinking if you're a tight end entering the, the draft that that's a likely place for you to land. It was the log jam, right. still is. And so he was surprised that the Denver Broncos drafted him for a couple of reasons. Here's, here's what he said the second thing, Zach. Quote, there's already a lot of talent in that tight end room. I look forward to going against a talented player like Noah Fant, just competing against each other and making each other better, close quote. So as I serve this over to you, I want to remind everybody, Noah Fant blew the doors down at the Combine a year ago, year and some change, running a 4.5 as a 6'5", you know, 250-pound tight end. Albert O ran a 4.49. He's actually faster than Noah Fant, and he's relishing the opportunity, Zach, not to – learn from him, not to, you know, necessarily chum shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow. He wants to be. You know what? I, I like these comments, Chad, because they're non-adversarial. He's not saying I'm going to come in and take his spot. He still realizes he has to pay his dues, but he also wants his share of playing time as well. And if he did his research into the Broncos, he would know the Broncos have a coordinator in Pat Shermer who doesn't utilize a lot of tight ends. He knows his quickest way to the field, his, his clearest path to playing time is leapfrogging, you know, a fan or at least giving him a run for the money with the job. And I like these comments, you know, I'm also, you know, I, I, I kind of call his bluff on being surprised the Broncos drafted him when the Broncos quarterback is Drew Locke, and that was his college teammate. Locke, I'm sure, went to Elway or at least signed off on the move, and he gave him the okay, and he said, this is the guy we have to have in, in the building. And, you know, to the Broncos side of things, yeah, they have Noah Fant, but who else do they really have they can rely on in the tight end room? They have Nick Vanette, who's a blocker. Jeff Hyreman, I think, will be cut or released at some point. Jake Butt, you know, three injuries coming back from that. It's impossible. Austin Fort, you know, uh, Andrew Beck, these are unproven guys. So he knows he has the talent, he has the quarterback connection, and he has the confidence and the personality to succeed. All around, though, I do like his attitude uh, approaching year one in Denver. I'm, I'm pretty, I said that, and by the way, really quick, Brian, uh, Buona Beast, unfortunately tonight can't join us, had a little something, something, I think with his family that he had to attend to, but uh, he'll be back in the saddle tomorrow. Don't you worry. And he's, as you guys know, extremely diligent and hates missing any podcast and not just, you know, as a producer that helps Zach and I behind the scenes, but he really relishes each and every opportunity to talk with you guys and be a part of the community. So He'll uh, he sends his regrets and he'll be back tomorrow night. Don't you worry. But Zach, I said as much in the written article covering this at milehighhuddle.com that I like the I like the posture that Alberto's is kind of taking at this point with regard to Noah Fant. However, from what we know about Pat Shermer's offense, 
He loves 11 personnel. That's one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. It's not that he never uses two tight ends on the, on the field at the same time. It's just that it's usually very situational. So short yardage situations in the red zone. I think if Albert Owen, it might not happen this year. Maybe this is a 2021 consideration, but it's all contingent on how much Albert O pushes the envelope and makes this an issue. But it wouldn't surprise me to see Shermer start utilizing more 12 personnel type of sets, which has two tight ends on the field and two wide receivers. Because just like with the New England Patriots, who completely changed the, the NFL, whatever that was, circa 2010, 11, and 12, that era with Rob Gronkowski and, and Aaron Hernandez, finding a way when you have the talent, when you have that personnel, Zach, you want to get your, your playmakers and your ballers on the field through whatever means possible. So whether or not Albert O can force that and make that an issue as a rookie, I'm a little bit skeptical. I think it's going to take a lot more time for him to even come close to not only forcing his way onto the field, but even being in the conversation to unseat Noah Fant. Meanwhile, you've got three, as Chad Ochocinco said last week, he says the Broncos have three number one wide receivers. He's never seen it before. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamlin. This is a guy in Chad Ochocinco, Zach, he went to six Pro Bowls as an NFL player. Everyone knows Chad Johnson, right? He was one of the most famous wide receivers of his era. Three-time first-team All-Pro. The dude knows wide receivers. The dude knows the NFL, Zach. He says the Broncos have three number one wideouts, and he's never seen it before. So I want your thoughts on what he said, and just that just kind of speaks to how much of an uphill battle Albert O has to see the field. Well, I mean, first of all, it, it's definitely high praise, and it's it definitely carries water when it comes from Ocho Cinco, who is one of the best wide receivers of this generation, if not all time. That being said, though, I, I disagree a little bit. I think he's a little too optimistic because, you know, Cortland Sutton, definite number one guy. But what is Jerry Judy right now? We don't know. Is he a number two receiver? Is he a number one receiver? He's obviously unproven in the NFL. He hasn't taken one snap yet. Some think his upside, Chad, is that of a number two wide receiver, a deadly number two wide receiver in the NFL. We just don't know. I can see it, though. I can build him as such. I can get on board with that. But K.J. Hamler. This is a guy who's had some issues in college with drops. This is a guy who's relegated mostly to his speed. He's not just a speed guy. I don't see number one wide receiver in KJ Hamler. I believe Eric said this on the last podcast he did with Lance. He -hmm. doesn't see that either, and I agree with that take 100%. KJ can be a really good number two, uh, just an excellent, phenomenal number three. I don't see number one, though, with with KJ Hamler. So it's good coming from Ocho Cinco. It's nice to see the Broncos getting some positive national praise in that sense. I just think it was a little too optimistic to say they have three number ones right this second. It might be, and just really quick, Whenever we see activity from our Twitch audience, we want to tip our cap because it's like a, a mystery to us. You know, we're not gamer guys. We just wanted to start streaming on whatever platforms people are hanging out on. So welcome in, Nevets. He says, hey, subbed on YouTube and Apple. Hey, from Twitch, too. Keep up the content, guys. Appreciate, Appreciate it, my friend. And a quick side note, guys. I don't mean to delay this or, or derail this podcast to give shipping anecdotes here, but David, your hat is on the road. We received a notification that your hat has shipped, so you should be seeing it soon. And maybe after this podcast, if I don't forget, I'll hop in and grab that tracking number and shoot it your way. Zach, let's grab before the chat does what it is wont to do at times and jumps our Super Chat superstars. Let's get to a couple yeah. of these numbers that have stacked up and the voice of our great community here. Mike Evans, so consistent. We appreciate you. Thank you, Mike. Officially become a bona fide superstar here in the community. 
And he says, offensive and defensive coordinator interviews gave me confidence in 2020. Both were calm and experienced. So speaking to what Pat Shermer and Ed Donatel had to say Thursday night, respectively. And Zach, it was, you know, I was in on, on that call, on the Zoom call, and it was, it's better than nothing, but I, I still am chomping at the bit. Just can't wait to see these guys actually in a press room. Everyone's there in the flesh. Probably means the players are there as well. Football is taking place out on the grass. Unfortunately, OTAs, you might as well just, it's done, dude. They're not, it's not happening. By the way, Drew Locke is, in fact, not just having throwing sessions, Zach. I don't know if you caught this. Nikki Jabala reported on Friday of The Athletic that these practice sessions that Drew Locke has organized, it's not just with skill guys. They're not just throwing routes based on Shermer's playbook. They are operating the full offense. They are operating and trying to go through the full playbook, which includes offensive linemen, running backs, tight ends, wideouts. So, And there's even some video evidence of these practice sessions. You can go to milehighhuddle.com right now and check that out when you get a chance. But it's good to see, Zach, that they're getting in that work right now. Even if it only advances the ball forward for them a little bit by the time July 28th rolls around, it'll have been a success. It's better than having absolutely no time together to learn this new system ahead of training camp. I love that Locke is taking it upon himself to do that. It's everything you want to see from a young, hotshot, potential franchise quarterback. That being said, the thing that leaped out to me about Jabala's tweet was that Philip Lindsay is a consistent contributor. He's a consistent participant in these workouts. You talk about a guy who has a bag of chips on his shoulder to perform and scores new contract and outperform Melvin Gordon. Was Melvin Gordon there, by the way? I didn't see him listed. I haven't seen evidence yet that he's been so, there. So, you know, you have one Broncos running back who's busting his butt and, and, and training with his quarterback, and one guy, he might not be in Denver yet. He might have things going on. I just thought it was interesting that Philip yep. Lindsay is, like we predicted, Chad, taking the bull by the horns. He's not getting down on himself. He's not splitting the, the locker room or, or causing division. He is motivated and committed to being a better player in 2020. It's going to be fun to watch a pissed-off Lindsay this season. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, 
infertile, impotent, Joe Biden, and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. <laughs> we say it on this podcast all the time. Not one running back ever has been able to keep Philip Lindsay off the field. And you see why, man. Like, he's right. just, you cannot mute his spirit. You cannot, even by paying someone $16 million by all rights, which should have gone to Philip Lindsay, that's not enough for him to say, oh, I guess I just, you know, take my place on the bench and kind of fade into the background. He is lit up. He's the one there. And by the way, if I'm Drew Locke, I'm on the phone with Melvin Gordon going, dog, where are you? Like, right. can can you catch up? Flights have been going, dude, for <laughs> this entire time. I see so, some comments that say he's in lockdown, so that doesn't change anything. He can get in his car. He can get on a plane. He's not being held against his will in his house. I mean, you can see he's not in Denver yet, but he can easily be there. Jerry Judy arrived in Denver. KJ Hamler arrived in Denver. It can be done. I just thought it was interesting that Lindsey is the sole guy out there, and Melvin Gordon wasn't listed. I agree 100%. And Andrew jumping in with a $5 super. Really appreciate Thank that. You, My friend, he says, it sucks I got to see a, a Biden commercial before I see your show, <laughs> but I guess it's worth it. Would love to be in your fantasy league this season, Denver Broncos for life. So, Andrew, as you know, with regard to YouTube, we have zero control over what ads run on the videos. But, you know, it's uh, – what do they say about religion and politics, Zach? You know, yeah. <laughs> no matter what position you take, someone's going to get offended. So you might as well just – keep a zip but we do appreciate the support we'll keep you in the loop if wow. we do fantasy league and here we have the queen wow. of mhh bowing massive that's, love that's incredible thank Very you christy amazing. it just makes us love you all the more and it just zach it blows my mind the level of support like this is why for example today i'm hustling home this community is why i'm hustling home from up in the rocky mountains to get to my house so I can be here to stream for you guys where I'm probably not without the podcast, you know, I'm probably taking my time. I maybe just plan on trying to get home before dark type thing, you know, about a three and a half hour drive from where I was. So this is why you guys keep us coming back. You're supporting what we do and not just by being here and listening and sharing these videos out and engaging in the chat stream. But I mean, like Christy and, and, and Andrew and everybody else, everyone. Yeah showing love monetarily and believe us when we say not only that it is very moving to us and we appreciate it. You hopefully you guys know that we are absolutely sincere in that, but it allows us to keep doing this for you guys. So thank you so much, Christy. 100% genuine. Yeah. It's uh we just love the interaction. We say it each and every single podcast. So that's what I look forward to on Sundays, on Mondays, on Wednesdays, on Thursdays, just the banter, the going the back and forth talking with you guys. But when you, when you support us the, the way you guys do, it's literally unspeakably amazing. It, it, it takes my breath away. It leaves us at a loss for words. We are so humbly grateful for every bit of support we get from our entire community. An extremely generous super chat. Thank you, Christy. She says, thank you. I'm feeling like you guys need to smile tonight. <laughs> Chubb is ready. So, yes, we do need to smile, and you help us to do that. So thank you so much, Christy. And that, that kind of speaks to, Zach, a couple of the other talking points that came up. And I'm sure maybe Friday night's podcast, Saturday night's, I don't know exactly what was covered. I didn't listen to all minutes 
of each and every pod. So maybe some of these topics were covered, but you haven't heard it from us yet. You haven't heard our take. So we're, we're just going to pretend as if nothing has been talked about up to this point. But at Donatel, made it sound like Chubb's going to be good to go. And there's no reason – we had no reason to believe otherwise, of course. Right. There had been no news of any kind of setback with his ACL. And listen to Donatel, Bryce Callahan is ready to go. But with regard to Callahan, I'm still going to believe that one yeah. when I see it, Zach. Yeah, I mean, we've been asked this question going back in the early parts of the offseason. What do you think about Bradley Chubb? Is there any worry that he's not going to be ready? We thought at worst he'd be on a pitch count to open the preseason and, and maybe training camp. It doesn't even seem like it's going to get to that point. They're going to be a little tentative out of the gates, but ACL injuries now compared to 15, 20 years ago, they are so much easier to come back from. Chubb is a young guy. He hasn't even scratched the surface of his prime just yet. I think he's going to have a really big bounce back season. I don't know if it's going to be 20 sacks each for Vaughn and Chubb, but he's going to go back to his 2018 form and just make this Broncos defense lethal. What about Callahan, though? Because I'm with you. Believe it when I see it. This is something that I know Nick brought up. Nick Kendall brought up on the Mile High Insiders podcast that there was some buzz going around when he, of course, injured his foot, I think three games left to go in the 2018 season with the Bears underwent a procedure and of course them being the treatment doctors at the time for three weeks and probably for another month and a half, two months after that, they saw from the inside what he was dealing with medically. The buzz is that they were completely freaked out by his foot injury. They thought it was a relatively realistic chance that it's going to affect his career long-term. And so that's why they didn't even go in on trying to keep him in Chicago despite the fact that they had some real needs at cornerback with, especially with him leaving, like it's, it was an issue, but they let him go. The Broncos though, they sign him up. Everything's looking good. Then he gets his foot stepped on. It's football. Your foot's going to get stepped on. But in this case, it was just the right moment, the wrong time. It aggravates the injury. And I'm going through this for a reason. Then he, they try and slow roll his recovery. They're like, all right, well, we'll pump the brakes. No more on field. Let's get him into rehab. Let's get him into, a treatment and just see if we can get him there by week one. Well, week one rolls around. He may, they keep him on the 53, but he's not on the field. Hasn't practiced by this point for about six weeks, two, three more weeks roll by nothing until finally we learn that they're going to put him under one quick procedure that is going to quote unquote promote healing. And if that doesn't work well, then, you know, we'll put him on injured reserve. And unfortunately it didn't work. And now Zach, the last surgery that he had in the fall it was to repair what turned out to be a broken screw. So I'm hopeful here, Zach. That's what was bugging him. Wherever, when he got stepped on or whatever, it actually broke the screw from the initial procedure that he'd had in December. So I'm hopeful that now that that screw is fixed, now that the problem has, you know, they've gotten to the bottom of it, I'm at least hopeful that he's going to be able to be the guy that season when he got hurt. So I, I just think that screw, that, that procedure, there was just a setback, and it was just a freak occurrence. It's part of the game. Things happen. I mean, look at Robert Edwards back in the day. He tore his, I think it was ACL or his Achilles playing flag football. That mm-hmm. ruined his career. It's just a freak. It's just part of the game. It sucks. It's unfortunate. But I, I said this before, if he's still not healthy after missing an entire year of football, no practices, no games, no wear and tear, no stress. He he sat on his behind for an entire calendar year. If he's still not ready, they really have big long term problems. Yep, undoubtedly. Richard jumping in on super chat from across the pond, showing some love. We really appreciate you, that. Uh, he says uh, hashtag Broncos country hashtag state of sleepless being. And if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Richard is in uh, Germany. 
So I think they're nine hours ahead of us. So indeed, wow. sleepless in uh, sleepless in the Deutschland. So it's good to see you, though, Richard. We're happy to have you with us, my friend. And here's another extremely generous. This is, this is what we're talking about. What could you say um, to this? It's Zeus being Zeus. I don't know. The heavens. It's just, it just, it's very humbling. Don't want to derail the podcast and we don't want you to think we're, you know, we have to, we have to talk about how meaningful it is to us though, guys. So when we kind of go on these tangents, you just have to understand that it blows our minds. Like it really does mean the world to us. And uh, Stu, just hopefully you understand how much we appreciate you and we love you too. And he's also sending love out to Broncos country, the fan base. So you are a very key member of this community, Stu. And this type of just selfless support is yeah. another reason Zach and I just keep coming back for more. We don't turn it down at all in the offseason, as you guys have seen. We only stepped our game up, in fact, during the offseason. And it's this is one of the reasons why we have been able to do that. Yeah, you know, when we started to talk about doing Super Chat, not on our wildest dreams, and that's why we're so bewildered in a good way when we see these donations, we see this commitment. We never thought for a second that we would see uh, what we're seeing on the screen right now and the level of financial support and the donations. But it's people like Stu, it's people like Christy that not only make this pod a better pod, but the world a better place with their love, their compassion, their support, their commitment. We say, I can speak for myself, Chad can speak for himself from the, from the bottom of our hearts. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Stu. I mean, this this is a good example of why the right the, the correct way to look at this podcast is it's almost like it's the people's podcast. Like the, right. you guys are in many ways with regard to the pod, you are self-funding the content you want. This is how it happens. This is what allows us to keep bringing you guys these podcasts, not just the podcast on a daily basis, seven days a week, but also the additional video content we're putting up on YouTube. On the YouTube side of what we do at MHH, you guys are funding this thing. You guys are the ones who are keeping the, the lights on, as it were, with MHH YouTube, and especially with what we're doing on these podcasts. And, and for that, I think it's very unique in the entire sports landscape is that this is a podcast. I mean, we might be the ones who sit up here and decide what we're going to open a show with or you know what time we're going to go live and things like that, but you guys are very much – putting in the the support to keep this thing going. And you, as you guys know as well, the chat stream, each and every podcast, you are contributing to the programming of these conversations. In other words, what are we going to talk about? It's what's on your mind. You guys, right. you know, carry the direction of what we're going to do. I would say, Zach, probably 70%. It used to be the other way around. You know, we would dictate content about 70%. And then, you know, take a couple of questions or whatever. It's the other way around now. And this is a good example of why. We, we had a script at one point, Chad, when we were doing just, yes. you know, podcasts, audio podcasts. And, uh, you know, we just crossed 7K, you know, recently. Obviously, we had 7K week. And that would not have happened, obviously, without your guys' support. And that's why for the 7K week, we wanted to give back. And we always want to give back to our listeners, to Broncos country. This is also part of the reason to go along with what Chad said, why we have a merch store now, why we're rolling out new products, why we want to have new innovations for the podcast. You guys make that possible. So not to keep going on a tangent, we do definitely, definitely appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. And just know this is where this is we're just scratching the surface, you guys. This thing is just getting going. And with your continued support and continued passion for the Broncos and then what we're doing here, I'm telling you right now, this is the tip of the iceberg. And there are so much more really cool stuff to come in the very near future. So appreciate you next soon. That's right. That's right. Speaking of superstars, we got also Jake jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. It's good to see you. Thank you. He says, it's good to see Juwan James out there practicing. Hopefully he's 100% body and mind. Hopefully the O-line is in the upper half this season. Yeah. And it's funny you say that, Jake, because Zach, in my article, just right before we went live, in fact, covering this video of Drew Locke and company, including Juwan James working out, James is in that video. You see him in the hoodie. You see him at his spot at right tackle. He's got his hood on, trying to keep the sweat in. And he's doing his thing. And it's good to see him out there. Not just because he's there, but because it shows that he cares. You know, I think a lot of fans kind of misinterpreted his his struggles with his knee last year, and understandably so, and his lack of availability. I mean, what was it? 63 total snaps he played all year, and he made like $17, $18 million when you count his signing bonus. A lot of fans interpreted that to mean, well, he just doesn't want it enough. He just doesn't care enough about football, or he doesn't care enough about the team and I just think that's unfair to to put that on a player who's going through a very serious and significant injury and him being out there when he's not getting paid to be out there, him being out there when he's not necessarily protected by the, you know, team doctors and right. trainers in attendance, whatnot. I think that shows that, you know what, he does care about his career. He does care about the team. He does care about getting this new offense and the new blocking, you know, scheme, whatever it might be based on what Shermer and, Mike Munchak, have, uh, Mike Munchak have kind of cooked up. He wants to be on top of that, Zach. 
And for all we know, he can have a clause in his contract that says if he gets hurt outside the facility, he loses some of his guaranteed money. So for him to take this chance and, and take this risk and be out there with Locke and practicing, I give him credit for it. My biggest worry with Juwan James was him checking out after getting that big contract. It happens so often throughout the NFL. They get paid millions and millions and millions. He also had that reputation in Miami of being soft and a whoopee cushion and being injury prone. I am so encouraged. It's still a small step. He has to be on the field, be consistent, just like Garrett Bowles. But I think when he's on, he's a really good right tackle. And like that that question suggested, Chad, if, if they all hit their respective upsides, this will be a top half offensive line. It can even be a top 10 offensive line. They have that ceiling this season and beyond. Well said. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well said, my friend. Glenn, yeah, dude, when I can, when I'm able to watch the podcast, I like to – chip in a little super chat for to support each pod when I am able to watch them when I'm when on nights that Zach and I are off. Um, but we don't make it a point to hang out in, in each other's podcast be, because we want the host to have their own time with you guys, right? We want the host to have their own kind of vibe and create their own bond with the audience. And if Zach and I, for example, were hanging out in the chat stream on each and every podcast that is not named Huddle Up, it would just kind of prevent that from happening. Yeah. But here and there, we I like to chime in uh, and make sure everybody knows what's up. Robert here, 22 personnel, two running backs, two tight ends. We heard from Pat Shermer. This is an interesting point here. We heard from Pat Shermer on Thursday night that he does see opportunities for both Lindsay and Gordon to be on the field at the same time. So there's one half of your 22 personnel, it, as it were. The other half, of course, would include two tight ends, but – I really don't think that's going to be – unless Albert O comes storming into this thing with significantly improved blocking acumen, blocking chops, Zach. Yeah. Because here's the problem. Think back to 2013, all right, when the Broncos were scoring a million points, 55 touchdowns from Peyton, you know, 5,400 passing yards, and it was just a record year. Defense is new. They, they weren't – even if it was a short yardage situation, when Julius Thomas was on the field – Defense is new. You're not running the football. Like, you can't fool us into thinking that this is going to be a run because we know Julius Thomas can't block. And so you have to have a plausible threat of being able to block to be on the field as that second tight end. Right now, that's why it's going to be Nick Vanette, Zach. Right. So if if Albert O can get that aspect down, he's got the speed, he's got the connection with Locke, he's got the athleticism, he's got the hands, he's got the size. All those traits are there and tools and measurements but he's got to get that blocking down. That's the quickest path for him to see in the field and getting to what Robert's talking about here in true bona fide 22 personnel where you got two backs on the field, two tight ends. You can run routes. You can run the ball. I mean, possibilities would be endless, but he's got to get that aspect of his game down pat. Perfectly said, and that was my point. He's worried about leapfrogging Noah Fant. What he should really be worried about is leapfrogging Nick Vanette. The Broncos signed him for that reason. He's supposedly a good blocker. They gave him a fair amount of money. He's locked into a roster spot. He has to get his his blocking chops down. There's no question about that. And when they do run 22 personnel, the rare times they do, it will be more than likely Fant and Nick Fanette. It's not going to be Fant and Alberto. So he has to really bust his butt to, he's make the roster. That's no question. He's locked into a roster spot, but to see meaningful playing time and kind of live up to what he expects of himself and the way he's talking, it's going to be an uphill battle in 2020. That will change. Like you said, Chad, this was a pick for 2021 and beyond. There are so many unknowns in the tight end room. 
Hireman should be gone. Fumagalli might be gone next year. Jake Butt's probably going to be gone. Nick Vanette could be a one-year signing. And then you're left with Noah Fant, who's still unproven as well. Then you have Albert Owen there. So he has an opportunity going forward. But in the in the short term, it, it could be a bumpy ride. Honestly, Fumagalli and Butt could both be gone this year. Yeah. I mean, if they only end up wanting to carry three tight ends, and when I say gone, I mean, you know, they hit the waiver wire, maybe one of them, two of them tops gets re-signed to the practice squad, but one is probably the the realistic number there i could see it happening because jeff hireman i mean let's say they the the coaches talk themselves into carrying four okay and you want a couple of vets guys who can do a little bit of both they can block and they can catch then you got your two explosion guys you got fant you got albert o troy fumagalli is not included in that four jake butt probably isn't included in that for although i still remain open to that as a possibility so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out let's grab david here with a himself chipping with a very generous super chat and david thank you you are the man i hope you know how much we appreciate you and uh bonafide bonafide superstar up there in the in the mhh mount rushmore and you know he he lives it man uh, this I know. David is, you know, he he buys merch. He he obviously one of the most passionate Broncos fans out there, but also very passionate, outgoing supporter of what we do here at MHH. Just look at his profile pic. He's rocking the mask like a like a boss. So we love David you. We appreciate you, Dave. Appreciate you. That's right. That's right. He says, "Do you guys think that KJ Hamler will outshine Henry Ruggs in receptions and yards in 2020?" Zach, we're oh, talking about question. a. Number two to begin with, probably number one by the time the season's over, wide receiver in Henry Ruggs with his respective team, and a number three guy who's probably going to stay a number three guy and might end up as the number four or five guy in terms of receptions and yards on the team. So you got a situation like this. Ruggs is going to have a lot of more, a, a lot of more, a lot more opportunities to get those stats than Hamler is because he's going to be, you know, more featured in the offense. Not to say that Hamler won't be featured, but there's a reason why there's a, a number one and a number two, and you got a number three. And in the case of the Broncos, and, the, and similarly with the Raiders, when you have a potent tight end and backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield, yeah. if you're the number three receiver, it's just less room at the table for you. It's not to say you won't have an impact. It's not to say you won't ball out. But I just see Ruggs in this case because of his standing with the Raiders depth chart, Zach, I think he ends up coming out on top in terms of what David's asking about here. Yeah. Yeah, interesting question, though, because the comparison is always Ruggs to Judy or Ruggs to Lamb or Judy to Lamb. This is interesting. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Ruggs did hurt his thigh in that weird moving accident, which I don't really think that's what the full story entails there. But he's going to be the the top guy in in Oakland. They have a pretty solid set of offensive weapons. He will get more opportunity for the reasons that Chad laid out. He's, at worst, a, a number two wide receiver, probably a number one guy eventually in Oakland. We can't say the same about KJ Hamler. I don't think he's a number one guy. I think he's an excellent number three or very good number two. So Ruggs will have the bigger impact, but Hamler will make his bones as well with his deep speed and his uh, his route running. Stu says he's got an airplane for that shelf behind you, Zach, kind of help take some space. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. Do a little uh, Send it out. interior design. So <laughs> appreciate you, Zeus. Yeah, he'll take it under consideration, I'm sure. Let's grab our friend six foot ten on YouTube. With a $5 super. Thank, Thank you. you. My friend, he says, I've started to notice more people predict that Drew Locke and the offense are a dark horse or sleepers. Do you think all the hype made jinx the season? No, I don't. I don't buy into that at all. I do not subscribe to that. Now, I do 
subscribe to the notion that too high of expectations, if you're the fans, can leave you a little bit disappointed if you know it's not the second coming of the 2013 Broncos offense. So you do want to temper it a little, but I'm not worried about what the effect is going to be on Locke. I, because it'd be one thing if you if he was just making the jump into year two with Scangarello and mostly just the same offense from from his rookie year, then you could maybe understand, man, are they putting the cart, the cart too far in front of the horse here? But we're talking about not only Locke getting you know more experience and taking that step in, in that quarterbacks naturally do going from year one to year two, but he's getting one of the true quarterback gurus in the league now, two of them actually, in Shermer and Mike Shula. So we're not talking about a underrated, you know, kind of no name guy up and comer through their coaching ranks in Scangarello and TC McCartney that are having to prove themselves. These are proven gurus. Okay. So then there's that, that's a big change. Then you got all the personnel additions, wide receiver, running back, interior offensive line. I don't think these dark horse predictions, I mean, look at Adam Rank, completely changed his tune from 2-14 and 14 last year to what, what is it, Zach, 11-5 and five he's predicting now? Yeah, winning the so, West, by the way. He backpedaled right. faster than Dion in his prime. Right. And in his defense, you know, he, he, I'm sure I didn't actually watch the episode – I watched part of it, actually, but not the whole thing, that he uh, joined Brandon Perna on That's Good Sports to kind of eat his crow on the 2-14 and 14 prediction. As he should. In his defense, he went 2-14 and 14 with the understanding or expectation that Joe Flacco was going to be the guy. Drew Locke doubled that prediction just in five games. He won four games. So Drew Locke changes the equation for everybody, including Adam Rank. He's got a really convenient excuse in that sense, Zach, but getting back to six foot's point here, do you see it as, as something that could jinx this team, all the, the hype? It's mostly internal, It's but nationally, as he's saying, it's starting to come out a little bit more. First of all, I don't believe Adam Rank. I mean, 2-14 and 14 is ridiculous because the Broncos had a defense. that could, They won five and six games under Vance Joseph. Why wouldn't they win more than two games? That was just an excuse. And the same thing with uh, – Nick Wright predicting three and thirteen. It's just for the it's clickbait. It's it's literally spoken clickbait by these hot take analysts. But you know what? I'm gonna temper the Drew Lock MVP. Those kind of narratives. I don't think he's quite there yet. You know, Super Bowl MVP or League MVP it could happen. I just I'm not expecting that. But also on the same token, if they get some buzz like they are now with Colin Cowher, Chad Johnson. It's good for the team because Drew Locke is not a guy who's going to read his own press clippings. He's not going to get a big head. He's not going to get too full of himself. There's no Paxton Lynch to him physically or mentally or emotionally or any capacity. I'm not worried about Locke. He knows he's unproven. He knows he has to do everything in his power, whether it's reach out to Peyton Manning, whether it's organize these Zoom sessions, these throwing sessions, and he's doing that one by one by one this offseason. I am not worried about it in the least, though I do prefer to all let them hate on the Broncos. We want them to be the underdogs, be counted out, be predicting 3-13 and 13 because they will rise way above that and shut everyone the heck up. <laughs> well said. Terry jumping in up in Canada, proving as always the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Thank you, Terry. He wants to know, hey guys, what's your take on Pat Shermer's thoughts on the offense and Drew Locke on Broncos TV yesterday? Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Broncos world, peace and love, Broncos country. Terry, because I've been out and about and away from internet for the most part, I know what you're talking about because on my way home today, I was thumbing through YouTube and saw that. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So 
unless you have Zach, we can put a pin in this and answer in depth yeah. to what Terry's asking here as we open tomorrow's show. I'd rather do that because I want to get well-versed with it. I want to really study it and, and take it in before I form an opinion on that. Terry, we will open the tomorrow. show tomorrow with that answer. Okay. Yeah. So just uh, put it on ice for one day and we won't disappoint you. Promise you on that. Uh, Holden here stoked, super pumped for this season. It's going to be fun and explosive. I think we finally get back to a nine to 10 win season. 2021, I see us making a run. Yeah. Denver Broncos for life. That's the uh, energy that Drew Locke is bringing to this fan base. Yeah. And it's great to see, you know, all those years post Super Bowl 50, wandering the quarterback desert. And the team is starting to emerge from it. Now, Locke still has a lot to prove, you know, and, and he's going to be given the opportunity to prove that here. But it's great to see all the excitement. All right, let me scroll up here. I want to make sure I'm not missing any supers because we don't have Buana here in the stream with this helping to keep us on pack. Okay. So I'm good. Let's see here. What I'm curious what KP is saying here. Mark Schlereth played like four days after a back surgery. If you're tough, you're tough. If it's important to you, make it happen. Suck it up. Juwan James harden up, dude. I get what you're saying there. KP. I really do. Like, you know, you got to find a way, make a way. And especially when you're getting paid millions of dollars and it's, you know, football is a game of grit and all that. But when the, when it's the knee, I mean, think yeah. back to the Houston game. All right. Drew Locke, of course, lights up the Texans in the first half. Juwan James is out there. Why did he leave in, in the second half and Wilkinson come back in? Well, because his, his knee that had been the issue all season was literally buckling on him. He could not stand. If you can't stand because your knee is buckling, you're no good to anybody, including for alignment. Yeah, especially as a lineman. So I get what you're saying, but especially with knees in particular, I mean, that's yeah. the pivot point for how football players carry their entire kind of center of gravity. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a unique situation. Now, as someone who has actually broken their back, I broke my back in 2007 and it wasn't anything too major. Like I didn't have disc damage or anything. I, I actually, fell about this far, just straight onto my butt like a slinky, and my, my spine did one of these. And it felt like someone kicked me right in the middle of the shoulder blades because what had happened, and the, and the wind got knocked out of me, is what it felt like. That what had happened, it was my T4 vertebrae right up high had just had, it was because the slinky thing my spine did, it made a bunch of micro fractures in it. It just hurt like an SOB. There was no surgery to be done. There was, it was just deal with it. It's going to heal. That was crippling in and of itself. And I'm not a football player that had to go out there and, uh, you know, execute and, and be an athlete on the field for three hour periods of time once a week. So props to Mark Schlereth for being able to endure what he did. Speaking of that, Zach, Mark Schlereth has had an obscene number of surgeries in his career as a yeah. former NFL player. But I think that's an important thing to remember, Zach, is the knee, especially for guys on the edge. But I mean, football, period. You gotta if if your knee is literally giving out on you, you're you're worthless. It's no point. 
Yeah, you made the point I was going to make. It, it'd be like a quarterback who has a bad shoulder. It's like, what do you expect from the guy? It's it's what it's what he needs his, to best execute his job. I've been the one of the biggest Juwan James critics out there, but he had a uh, fairly serious knee injury and he just couldn't perform. You can't hold that against him. It's part of the game. It's frustrating. It sucks. He got a big contract. Did not live up to it last season. But let's at least give him one more year to show. Hopefully, healthy. It's an even number year. Everything's pointing in his favor. Let's give him one more year to show that he's not. Not this injury-prone, mentally mentally weak guy like some of his former Dolphins teammates were claiming. Andrew wants to know, are we still ranked high or getting higher on the podcast rankings? So, you know what's unique about that is I haven't checked it for a couple weeks. We're still in the top 100 the last time I looked in terms of – so with, with Apple Podcasts, you got different charts, right? Just kind of like a billboard with music. You got hip-hop. You got rock. You got – so with Apple Podcasts, we there we're under the umbrella of American football. And the last time I looked, we were in the top 100, but I haven't checked for a while. We're more focused honestly on our YouTube audience and growing our YouTube listeners. It's not that we don't appreciate our Apple Podcast listeners and people that listen to the on the RSS stream. We love you guys as well. It's just that we are having a lot more fun with these live podcasts than getting together a few times a week, recording a conversation, uploading it to the RSS feed, and then just, you know, rolling with the punches. This to us is way more fun. So I haven't been paying as much attention to the Apple podcast charts and whatnot, Zach, but I do know that it's last time I looked, huddle up podcast. You think about it. American football includes all of college, includes all the NFL. We were, are a top 100 podcast, but it does fluctuate quite a bit. So yeah. I think we'll know I can check into that for you, Andrew, and maybe holler later on in the week and I'll have an answer for you. It's a fluid situation and it kind of changes as the weeks go on. There's no sports. There's no football right now. Obviously we want to get back into the upper tier range during the season, but this is a good time as ever. If you haven't go and leave us a five-star review, if you can on the Apple podcast um, on iTunes. And also if you're not subscribed to the pod on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. We appreciate it guys. Thank you. Shameless plug over. Yep. Yep. End of sermon. Mike on uh, Twitter wants to know, he has a big question. I haven't seen it. So if you lay it out there, we of course want to give our Twitter audience our Periscope audience some love. So if you want to drop that question or comment in, we're happy to address it for you. My friend, Jeff C jumping in. What's up Jeff. Every time he's in the stream, he's showing love on super. That's all I know. He's a solid dude, big time member of the community. It's good to see you, bro. He says, Sorry, guys, I've been busy. Just tuned in. Did Locke throw to Jerry, Judy, and Hamler yet? Yes. And are there any vids out there? Yes, but not of that per se. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. By the way, just bought a pad in Raider territory. All right, in Vegas, huh? Well, or Oakland, I guess. Or you could even say L.A., the three cities they've been in. But I'm assuming you mean Vegas. There is video of these workouts. Go to milehighhuddle.com. You can see a couple of clips. But – I can't say for sure that the clips include throws to Judy and Hamler. However, we do know for sure now that Locke has included Jer- Jerry, Judy, and, K- and KJ Hamler have both been involved in these practice sessions. To what degree? I'm not 100%. I can't tell you for sure, but they have been out there. I know at least last weekend they were working out with Locke and Hamler. I think they've both been there at least for the last 10 days or so, Zach. 
we know for a fact that Hamler and Jerry Judy are in Denver. I'm sure they're both working with Locke, but Jeff, if you haven't seen it yet, go watch Jerry Judy's little workout video where he's stopping on a dime, making cuts. My ACLs hurt just watching that video. It is impressive what he can do, and it just adds more hype to this Broncos offense for 2020. Check that out if you haven't seen it yet. Glenn, appreciate the the donation, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Modified superstar, very consistent. Appreciate you, Doug. An interesting mention here from James, also a phenomenal help to us in keeping the chat fun and lively for everybody and always has excellent observations and takes yeah. and brings stats to the table. So appreciate you, yeah. Barry. Vikings snap breakdowns probably are more representative of Shermer's tendencies than the Giants. In 2017, that was the big Case Keenum year. 11 personnel, Shermer's scheme rocked that 57% of the time. That's three wide. 12 personnel, 27% of the time. Again, that's two tight ends. 22 personnel, two tight ends, two backs, 10% of the time. So I am inclined to agree with you on that, James, because he was actually the coordinator. In the case of being the head coach of the New York Giants, I'm sure he had specific situations where he would wire in or grab, you know, Shula radio to him or whatever and say, here's, let's call this play here. But Shula was the offensive coordinator in New York. Sure, he was running Shermer's system. I'm sure it was kind of his own scheme to blend it in there because Mike Shula was also the brainchild of that dynamic and explosive Carolina Panthers offense that the Broncos took down in Super Bowl 50. Now they laid an egg in Super Bowl 50 because the Broncos defense was just on another level. But if you think back, Zach, I mean, Cam Newton scored 50 touchdowns from scrimmage that year. They destroyed all comers in the NFC playoffs. I mean, everyone thought the Panthers were going to be just the next NFC team to roll over the Broncos in the in the Super Bowl. It didn't happen, but that brainchild was Mike Shula. So, I don't know. It's hard to say exactly, but I'm inclined to agree with James here that the Vikings season in which he had the full season as the OC, that's probably a better um, facsimile of what to expect for the Broncos here. Yeah, you know, every coach and coordinator has tendencies, but it's not an, always a simple one-to-one ratio. It doesn't always translate. How Shermer called plays in Minnesota is different than how he called plays in New York. It'll be different than how he called plays in Denver this season. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to go down the field vertical. He's going to help Locke being a quarterback whisperer. But it all depends, though, in every team, every stop, on the quarterback playing, on the scheme, on the personnel, on the situation. It's it's very fluid in the NFL. It's a sliding scale depending on what team you're with and what's going on. All we can say for sure at this point is that Pat Shermer and Mike Shula are a giant upgrade over what they had this time last year. And it's a big boon for the Broncos franchise quarterback. That's the most important factor. Well said. Well said. Glenn here to go along with his super chat. He says, does any team, including the chiefs have more weapons than our Broncos? Hashtag Zach's shelf. Fund. <laughs> it's getting it's there. interesting. Uh, he says that Zach, because on Sunday morning, so this morning, Nick Kendall published an article on milehighhuddle.com. You guys can go check it out after the pod. When you get a minute, it's a great read, but he brings up, this research that uh, NFL.com did, Daniel Jeremiah and company, in which here's, here's what Jeremiah said. We pulled, we pulled 40 times for every team in the league and projected their lineup in 11 personnel. Again, that's three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end. For the 2020 season, the, here are the, fa- the five fastest groups in the league. The Giants are number one, averaging 4.42 speed across the offense. 
The Chiefs and Broncos are tied at number two, averaging a 4-4-5 across the offense. And then it's the Panthers and Texans. So it's not exactly what Glenn's asking us here, but he wants to know, including the Chiefs, who has more weapons than the Broncos. You know, there's a, there's a few teams. You could maybe it's, say that, but by the time this season is is said and done, the 2020 season, I think that the Broncos, there's a good chance that they'll be perceived as a team on par with the Chiefs, on par with, oh, yeah. you know, the Texans and maybe not Texans this year, but some of the the New Orleans Saints, some of the more prolific offensive teams in this league. And it's not just speed, but production, you know, on the gridiron. There's a few teams out there. I just answered a question on Twitter. It's it's who will be the better wide receiver core now in the future between the Broncos and the Cowboys. And that's the team right there. You have two number ones in Gallup and Amari Cooper. You add CeeDee Lamb to that mix. They're right up there as well. You have Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott. You can yeah. throw the Browns in there. They have a ton of talent. Say what you want about them. There's some teams that are up there, but in terms of on paper, when you consider Jerry Judy, you consider Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, and then you tie it all together with Drew Locke and the maybe top 10 offensive line. Like you said, it might not start out that way initially, especially with Hamler, but as the season goes on and by 2020, when, when that's all said and done, they're going to be a team associated with the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think in 2020, for a realistic viewpoint, that's what we could hope for. Stu wants to know, hey, you guys, Will Jeff Hireman make the team? In a yes or no answer, Zach, what's your answer if you had to make a bold prediction today? I mean, I didn't think he'd still be on the team by, by June 14th, but I, maybe the Broncos are waiting until training camp and an injury arises. They can try to flip him. I, I'm sure they tried during the draft to get a late-round pick. It didn't happen, but he's just taking up space and cap space right now, literal space and figurative space, and the Broncos would be, be best suited to just cut that Band-Aid and, and, and remove it already, and, and he's just – I don't know. I'm going to say no, though. It's yeah. it's too packed of a tight end room to make a simple yes or no answer. He doesn't really offer much. The other players on the roster that can do more, like you mentioned, Chad, the veterans and the and the young guys. I'm going to say no. I just don't see a place. I I just don't see a coaching staff that envisions a place for Jeff Hireman post Nick Vanette joining this team. Unless Vanette steps into this situation and completely bombs and the coaches are mortified and they say, look, we got to hold on to Hireman. This Vanette dude's a disaster. Elway, Matt Russell, you guys screwed up. Unlikely to happen. So I would be stunned. Let me just put it this way, Stu. I would be stunned if September 9th or whatever it is, when week one, that Jeff Hireman is still on this roster. I just yeah. don't think it's going to happen. Uh, KP... Jumping in, appreciate you, my friend. He says, diehard fans and diehard hosts. It's why I love this show. I'm surrounded by Bucks fans, and it's brutal. Love, uh, MHH. Thanks for being so thorough. Hey, man, appreciate you. Appreciate you, my I, friend. I can imagine, like, the Bucks fans or the new, like, Patriots fans with Brady and Gronkowski. There's just so many bandwagon fans are going to be coming to Tampa Bay, so I definitely feel bad for you, KP. Keep your head up. Indeed. Zyka, jumping in. Appreciate that $10 super, my friend. Love the pod, as always, guys. Curious what you both think about Shermer's talk slash deflection of the idea that he pounded the table for Gordon. It almost seemed like he might favor Lindsay already. Thank you, Zyka. And Zach, I know this was something that you and Lance touched on quite a bit on the Mile High Mailbag Thursday night, but my own interpretation of this is that it was coach speak. Even if it wasn't Shermer pounding the table per se, 
it's the Broncos basically looking at what his offense demands and projecting that out onto the free agent market and saying who fits into this, you know, these roles, who who's out there that could fit from, you know, be tab A that fits into slot B, Melvin Gordon. I happen to think that Shermer, from what I've heard, at least was involved in the decision to pay Gordon. Now, does that mean he was pounding the table and, you know, knocking on John Elway's door every other day leading up to free agency? Maybe not, but I definitely think at the very least he rubber stamped it. I don't think John Elway makes that acquisition without not only Pat Shermer rubber stamping it, Zach, but like in a big way being on board. It's, I'll say the same thing like I told Lance. It seems kind of contradictory. This is a guy in Pat Shermer who traditionally has had a one running back system. Then he made the comment like, Philip Lindsay can do the same thing as, as Melvin Gordon. They have the same skill set. Then why sign Melvin Gordon when you had Lindsay on the roster? Why give him so much money? I'm with you. I think it was coach speak. I think it's something that's said in June with nothing going on right now. It's what else is he going to say? He's going to talk up his two running backs. Though, if they want to get Lindsay and Gordon on the field together, that's intriguing. It, it's causing more problems problems and more mismatches for opposing defenses. I just think he's talking out of both sides of his mouth when it comes to both players. KP says, I was going to mail Zach my library card, but I don't <laughs> want to incur charges if he returns the books. No, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Happy yeah, to say indeed. zero library debt in my life. There you go. And by the way, guys, this week I'm going to have, we are going to have a little uh, book club segment for you on a book I'm reading. I don't want to spoil it, but there's going to be a little five-minute segment. Zach and I will discuss with you something that has jumped out to me on a book I'm reading right now that has specifically to do with NFL GM. So stay tuned for that. Uh, let's grab Eddie jumping in, showing some love on Super. Appreciate you, that, bro. Been busy lately. Sorry, haven't been as active. Still have all the appreciation in the world for you guys coming on here, talking Broncos, and being awesome. Well, that makes our day. Thanks, Eddie. Appreciate uh, that sentiment. Appreciate the support. It's good to have you in the stream, my dog. You're awesome, Eddie. Indeed. All right. Okay, so we didn't skip anyone. That's good. All right, guys. Tonight, because I've been out of town, I literally rolled in, fired up my lappy, and jumped on and started talking to you guys. I got to keep this one real close to one hour. So uh, tomorrow night we'll be able to let our hair down a little bit more and not be as concerned about the clock. But tonight, got to keep it real close to that hour. So let's grab these remaining supers, and then we'll sign off for tonight from Derek Green. Showing some love. Really appreciate you. Thank you, you Derek. Uh, very generous super. Thank you, Derek. He says, finally off work to see you guys live. My wife says she's glad to see Zach healthy. Thanks for That's the nice. work you, Thank uh, you. you guys put in. Yeah, Zach, much better – you know, about two weeks removed now from the initial onset of that that uh, bug you had. So, yeah, if you guys still see me, I still have a tissue. I'm still a little congested, but I'm a lot better than I was. I, I did not think it was going to be a multi week process, but I'm, I'm on the mend, Derek, and I do appreciate those sentiments. Tell her I said I appreciate that, and thank you, Terry. Jumping back in again, appreciate you, bro. He says Shermer hasn't ever had so many weapons to play with. That's a fair. Statement, I think you could argue that his Vikings team was pretty, pretty stacked. I mean, aside from the quarterback, though, that was the big missing component there, even though they got to the NFC title game. I yeah. mean, from a Make Case Keenum look good. Yeah. Yeah. But imagine Drew Locke in that offense with that same collection of yep. talent. It'd be, you know, it's it's a fantasy land type of question. But I think the spirit of what you're saying, though, ultimately, Terry, is true. This is 
a I mean it's a smorgasbord. He's loaded for bear. Kevin jumping back in, two dollar super. He says you, it's the bandwagon mecca because oh. uh, noon news. No one's Florida. oh no one's from Florida. Thank you. I, yeah, talking about the Bucks bandwagon. Yeah, I grew up and I lived in Florida for a good chunk of my life, and that's the biggest bandwagon sports town and city and state there is out there. Even when it seems like the Heat won the empty stadiums the next year, I completely relate to what you're saying. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of Bucks fans now with Brady, and as soon as he retires, they're going to go back to being a pipsqueak market team. All right, two more, and then we got to get out of here tonight, guys. Ron Dub, one of our superstars, showing some love here. It's good Thank to you, see Ron. you, Ron. He says, hey, guys, long time. Which running back will have more yards and which one will have more touchdowns? In my opinion, Lindsey has the more yards and, and Gordon more touchdowns. A very interesting question there, Zach, and thank you, Ron. I honestly think people are going to be surprised by this, and I know there are even a few people at MHH that would vehemently disagree with me right now sitting here in mid-June. But I think Philip Lindsey is going to have the upper hand on both of those. By the time the dust mm-hmm. clears on the season – my bold prediction sitting here in June is that Philip Lindsay will have more rushing yards. He'll have more yards from scrimmage and more touchdowns than Melvin Gordon. If I'm wrong, I'll grab the Sriracha. I'll eat my crow, but that's how I see it. You know what? I can, I can, we, we share a brain on that because we both believe that Philip Lindsay is going to use Melvin Gordon's addition as, as pure motivation. It's going to make him a better player. I, and one comment said, I wouldn't bet against Philip Lindsay. I wouldn't either. That's a guy who's not known nothing but adversity and every step of the way he's battled back and become better for it. I I'm with you, Chad. I can see him leading the Broncos in both those categories. Obviously we think that Melvin Gordon will have more catches because they brought him aboard for that reason. But if Philip Lindsay starts out playing him, it's going to force the Broncos to not take him off the field. And then in that situation, if he has a 2018 type season, what Chad said can come to fruition. We shall see. Glenn jumping back in. Appreciate you, my Thank friend. You, Glenn. Why did we sign Vanette? It makes zero sense. Hashtag uh, KP's library card, Zach's shelf fund, Chad <laughs> in the mountains. Hashtag massive internet outage. It's a long that's hashtag. Pretty, that's a good question, dude. <laughs> That's why I was surprised about the Alberto pick in the fourth round. But we were surprised too. You, you guys think back to that mid-March, we were not stoked on Bennett. And it's not because he sucks. It's not because he isn't a solid veteran tight end. It's because, again, you're spending money at a position that is log-jammed and replete with a who's who of former Broncos draft picks. Why? Develop your guys. Make it happen. So we don't know the answer to that either, my friend. And yo, DB for life jumping in. Appreciate that super. Appreciate you. Really means a lot to us guys. And Zach, I'm sorry to kind of be truncated on this conversation, but I really do got to bounce out for tonight. So um, gang, thank you for joining us tonight. A quick PSA, especially to our super chat superstars. If you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out, let us know who you are so that we can include you in our nightly shout outs. Very important. And if you're not on Twitter, create an account. Follow us, take care of that business. And while you're at it, follow at Mile High Huddle. You can see here how to find my partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Stay tuned, guys. If we didn't get to you tonight, we'll be back tomorrow night. And I have a feeling there's going to be a little bit more coming out tomorrow, more to talk about. It's going to be a fun Monday night podcast. So, Zach, my friend, have a great start to your week. 
you too. And like you said, Chad, we will let our hair down tomorrow and take that topic that we couldn't get to tonight. So we'll have more time. Anyone who didn't get their questions in, we'll circle back and get you guys tomorrow. Appreciate all of you guys. And yes, Zeus, as he says here, guys, especially Listen those to of the on YouTube and especially those of you on Facebook, please like this video if you've been watching it, even if you just popped in for a minute. That one small, simple little thing, you guys have no idea how much it helps us. So appreciate that, Zeus. We'll talk to you tomorrow night, guys. Mile high salute to our superstars out there on Super Chat. We love you. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.